Welcome to Berkey Web Today podcast, part of the Eero Podcast Network. Podcasts that inform by focusing on the news and the people behind the news. My name is Edward Eero, and I am your host for Episode 4. With me today is fellow Berkey buddy, Tim Burke. Berkey Web Today provides coverage before, during, and after the American Birkebinder Ski Race in northern Wisconsin. The podcast is a new feature of Berkey Web, where Berkey buddies Tim Burke, Mike Tarnow, and I explore news and information about the race, which includes in-depth interviews with the people behind the news. Berkey Web Today podcast can be found at the Berkey Web website at www.berkeyweb.com. They are also indexed at the Eero Podcast Network at epn.ero.com, and we are now also on iTunes. We also welcome your feedback, so please write to webmaster at berkeyweb.com and send your comments and suggestions. Today's guest is Ned Zielsdorf, Executive Director of the American Birkebinder Ski Foundation. Before I introduce Ned... Here is some recent news about the Berkey. It is Monday, February 16th, so that means that there are only five days to race day. Registration information is on the Berkey website at berkey.com. Registration is now $120 through February 20th. And remember, there is no on-site registration on the day of the race this Saturday, February 21st. There is a new feature of the Berkey.com website that has just been announced called the Aerial View of the American Berkebinder Trail, developed by Todd Gould and his company, Point North Land Surveying and Mapping Incorporated of Hayward, Wisconsin. You can literally fly over the whole Berkey Trail with this 3D colored video showing the trail with its ups and downs, food stations, roads, and kilometer locations. This feature is found when you click on the Trail tab on the site. Do take a look at this feature as it is very, very interesting. The 2009 American Torch Lighting Ceremony will occur Thursday, February 19th at 12.15 p.m. on Hayward's Main Street and on County Highway M in Cable. A torch will be lit as part of the welcoming ceremonies at Telemark Resort on Friday, February 20th. The Barnaburki, sponsored by Solomon and Swiss Miss, will also be held on Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Over 1,000 children aged 3 to 13 are anticipated to participate in the 1, 2.5, and 5K ski events, all which will start on Lake Hayward and finish on Hayward's Main Street. Registration information is on the Berkey.com website. Following the Barna Berkey, at 2.30 p.m. will be the Elite Sprints that will be also held on Hayward's Main Street. Bib pickup for the American Berkebinder, Cordelopet, and Prince Halcon races start on Thursday, February 19th from 12 noon to 9 p.m. and then again on Friday, February 20th from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. There is a bib pickup only on Telemark at Telemark Resort in the Red Arrow Room on Saturday morning from 6.30 a.m. until 9 a.m. for the Berkey and Cordy only. Be sure to bring your photo ID. Remember, while at the Berkey.com website, sign up for the CARP 
Carpe Skiem newsletter where up-to-date information is sent direct to you via email. Please follow the Berkey Web podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, there is both Berkey Web Group and a Berkey Web Today page. The Twitter news and information and feed is incorporated into both the Facebook page and on our internet site at berkeyweb.com. Our guest today is Ned Zielsdorf, who is the executive director of the American Birkebinder Ski Foundation. Ned has been the director since 2006. Prior to 2006, he was the manager with the Wisconsin Department of Agricultural Trade and Consumer Protection for 27 years. His undergraduate degree is from the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point and his master's degree from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in etymology. He has both a son and daughter that live in Madison, Wisconsin, and he and his wife live in Cable. Ned's hometown is Wausau, Wisconsin. Welcome to the podcast, Ned. I'm happy to be here. Ned, you started cross-country skiing in 1974 with a pair of knickers and wooden skis in Wausau, and then first skied the Berkey in 1988 in Wave 6. Did you ever think at that time you would be serving as the executive director of the biggest ski race in North America? I, I can't say that I that I did. I know when I started skiing in 1974, I heard about this big race up up at Hayward, and I remember thinking about going to it, but I thought it would be wise to learn how to ski first. <laughs> so did you uh, take some lessons? I actually just skied with a ski club in Wassa, Wisconsin, which is where I was living at that time, and I skied with other folks and gradually learned how to uh, to keep the skis moving. And then that 14 years, was that then a string of straight 14 years that you skied in the Berkey? Yes, and I I skied the 14 Berkeys, and then I switched over in the, the last three years that I was skiing the event, I skied the Cordelopet. I see. And then I got this job, and then my role changed. And um, now I still ski the trail, but I just don't ski the event. Yeah, it be hard to. Yeah. Um, prior to your position as executive director, you worked for 27 years with the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. What types of things did you do during that time period, and has it influenced your management of the Berkey? I was a bureau director for the department in what were called the agrochemical management programs. So I had a staff of 50 and I had uh, a budget of $7 million. And I think those managing both the people, the programs, and the resources uh, helps greatly in, in doing what I'm doing today. I was also a race director for the Madison Nordic Ski Club for six years. Uh, so in addition to skiing, I was involved in, in uh, running races and I think that 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 also was a was a big role. I I used to joke that uh, with folks that I was just using that experience as a stepping stone to become director of the Berkey, even though I <laughs> honestly had had no thought that that was ever going to happen. Yeah. Ned, uh, this is Tim. It appears uh, that pre-registration is on track to be the highest ever this year. Uh, what do you think is responsible for that, especially with the current economy? We already have over 7,000 people registered, which is more than we had last year, and it puts us second overall in Berkey history. I think we do have a shot at breaking the record. We would have to pick up 800 more registrations, which, uh, believe it or not, is is very doable. Mm -hmm. I think the things that have contributed to that are 
number one, we had a great race last year, so a lot of people signed up early. Uh, we've had good snow for much of the winter throughout the region, so people were able to prepare. And I think the other thing that's happened is we completed construction of our new Berkey Classic Trail this year. And what we have seen, and this is what we had hoped to see, was an increase in the number of classic skiers coming to the event. Our our number of classic skiers this year right now is up 500 from where it was last year. Our classic skiers now make up one-third of all of the skiers that come to the American Berkebiner. What um, what could you tell us about the development of the Classic Trail, Ned, and, and were there individuals in particular that were champions that you would like to recognize for these efforts? Right. This was a, a three-year effort, and it took a lot of work. It would not have been possible without the donations that we received as well as the thousands of volunteer hours that went into it. Um, the people who, who I guess I would recognize just up, up front are uh, Dave Nelson, who was one of our board members, he used to work for the Forest Service and he was in charge of, of uh, designing their trails. He is the trail architect of the Berkey Classic Trail. He spent hours out there and walked uh, many, many kilometers over the hills, fine-tuning and further fine-tuning the route until it is what it is today. The other person who helped him lay out the course but also was out there on a daily basis in a sense. He was our field supervisor of the construction work, is Jack Boyne, who lives in Cable. He's also one of the main groomers at Telmark Resort. Those two individuals were really responsible for making this, this trail happen, you know, the, both the design and the actual construction. And, and this is the first year, too, that it's completely open, right? We, you, had, you had the race earlier in the season. Right. We we built it in three segments over the last three years, and each year we used the segment that had been completed as part of the race. This year now, the full 27 kilometers of new trail is completed. Uh, it will take classic skiers all the way from the start line down to just past the below the halfway point. Um, we're really excited about it. We've he- We've had just exceptional evaluations of the of that new trail by the people that have been out there skiing on it, which now numbers in probably well over a thousand. Yes, I saw um, there was an article um, in the Eau Claire paper. I think John and a group, John Coder and a group, uh, skied the trail, and uh, it was written up. Right, you know, a lot of people have skied it. In fact, this weekend. Uh, that trail as well as the Berkey Trail were heavily used. I had a chance to ski on it yesterday, and it, it skis very well. It's, um, it was designed to, to um, really be a good trail for classic skiing, which I think ultimately it is. The two trails are similar in difficulty. They're just designed a little differently. The classic trail has much longer but more gradual uphills and descents, so it's possible to stride most of it without having to herringbone, uh, which makes it just much nicer for classic skiers. Yes. Now, one other thing that we've read, too, in a, um, in a low snow year, um, would, uh, it, it would be possible then to actually have a full race by keeping uh, using the classic trail, um, you know, going out and back uh, to Telemark. Was that part of the planning also? That was one of the original objectives of building the trail was it gives us that that option to bring 
all the skiers down the Berkey Trail and then have them return, the Berkey skiers that is, have them return to Telmark for a full marathon distance using the Classic Trail. Okay. All, all reports are showing that the trail is in good shape and the weather forecast looks very favorable this week for maintaining the snowpack. The trail was closed for a few days because of the warm-up, so were you at all worried that alternative plans would have to be made at that time? Well, we always have alternative plans in mind in case we would need them, but you know, we were checking that trail on a daily basis through early last week when we had the warm weather and the rain, and the the base was very strong and it really lost very little. The only concern we have right now is still getting across the lake, and we're out there this weekend uh, trying to do some work on it and looking at it. And right now I think it's very, very likely that we're going to be able to use the lake and have a full race with the downtown Hayward finish. Good. And uh, you were saying today was, uh, or yesterday was excellent conditions, uh, very fast? A lot of people were out there yesterday, including myself, and if we had held that race yesterday, I think we would have had a record time. Both the the skate lane as well as the classic tracks were just uh, very firm and fast. It was a lot of fun yesterday. Uh, Ned, uh, this is Tim again. Something we've always been curious about is uh, where do you get the snow that's put down on Main Street and Hayward? Does that come off Lake Hayward, the Chippewa Flowage, or one of the other area lakes? It doesn't really come off the lakes. Uh, we have we have used lake snow to fill in other areas, and what we do out on Lake Hayward is we actually plow it into a ribbon, you know, a high ribbon of snow, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's still likely that we're going to be able to use the lake this year is because we had constructed that ribbon and portions of it still remain. Uh, the rest of the snow that we use on Main Street comes from a variety of places right around Hayward. There are uh, fields that we can harvest snow from. We have been stockpiling snow, or I should say the city. The city really helps us with this. They've been stockpiling snow, and then on on uh, this Wednesday night, that snow will be laid down on Main Street. And we looked at the stockpiles, you know, after the big warm-up, and, the, and we're still in great shape. That's great. The uh, 2009 Berkey Skiers for Cures program, benefiting the MS Society for Skiers, raising 2,500 or more, is uh, that uh, that it guarantees them to meet, ski, and have lunch and have their photo taken with Norwegian Olympian Bjorn Dali on Thursday this week. Um, how did Bjorn get involved with this wonderful effort? Well, Bjorn's mother suffers from MS, so he was he's very interested in this. But it's really, um, in fact, the fellow, his name is Ian Duncan. He is an MS researcher at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. He's also a Birchlegger. And through his work in MS research, he ended up meeting Bjorn. Uh, he was the one who was able to make the contact and, and um, talk Bjorn into coming over here for the event as an ambassador for MS research. Yeah. Well, it would be great to, to have him back at the Berkey. Yeah, this will be his first time that he's ever skied the Berkey. But you know, he is—he's a uh, an Olympic champion. He's got eight gold medals and four silvers. He is a multi-time um, uh, marathon cup champion. He is generally recognized as the most accomplished cross-country ski racer of all time. So having him here is is just really exciting for us. He will be skiing the Berkey Classic race, the 54K race, and he'll be skiing with the 
uh, elite classic racers up front. Okay, I, I, I apologize. I thought he had been here before, so uh, thank you for correcting me. Yep. Uh, Ned, there's a quote on the Berkey.com website from you. It says, I must admit that most years at some point during the race, usually between 35 and 40K, I thought, I'm not doing this again. But that feeling quickly disappeared, and I signed up again and again. That tells me from your 14 Berkeys that you truly understand the skier's perspective. How important has that been in your management of the race, and were there things that you specifically changed as a result of that experience, and what were they? Boy, that's a long question. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. I, you know what? I my quote is is accurate. From you know, I'm just letting letting my feelings be known because uh, anybody who skied the Berkey knows that it's a very, very challenging course. It's a it's a, I used to view it as an annual test every year just to make sure I was fit. And it actually is what having the Berkey as an objective is what got me out of the door, staying active throughout the year. Um, I think it has helped me in this job a lot being a skier. I not only I'm out there very frequently on the trail, I have a chance to see what the trail's like. Uh, I've learned a lot about grooming, which I didn't know as a skier. I mean, I knew what a nice trail was, but I, I didn't really know how you got to that. So that's been useful. But I think things that have helped me uh, are some specific things that I've tried to look at uh, in related to management of the race are just some simple things like in the changing tents at the end of the race, having chairs, because after you've skied a marathon, you know, you're not as steady as you might normally be. And trying to to change clothes when you're wet, you know, in the middle of uh, a couple of hundred other sweaty guys is, is, uh, and trying to balance yourself on one foot is not the easiest thing to do. So that's just a little minor thing. Um, there's probably all kinds of things that have influenced the way I've, you know, I've approached management of the race that are related to my experiences. Well, I, I just love that quote because I think, uh, all of us have uh, experienced that, maybe except the, the top, top skiers. But, you know, when you're about uh, at that point going, why am I doing this? And then when you finish, it's the euphoria and you sign right back up again. So, both, Well, that's both, it. You know, yeah. you, I, I think in the middle of the race at some point, you always, you, you know, you're sort of facing the demons in your mind that are telling you to stop, that it's just too difficult. But um, once you finish, uh, for me, one of the best things was always taking my boots off because my feet were, you know, wet and cold and, and stiff. And, you know, I just remember that being a really positive feeling, putting some dry clothes on. But, this, you know, when you start then to talk to your friends later in the day, which is a big part of the Berkey, uh, all of the negative thoughts disappear and all of the positive thoughts of the, you know, another accomplishment that, that you've been able to fulfill or another goal uh, just makes it all positive and pretty soon you're signing up again. Yeah, well, that's uh, how uh, Tim and uh, Mike and I have been with, uh, uh, Tim and I are both Birch Leggers, and um, uh, Mike has finished 17 races now. Yeah, so. 16 or 17. <clears throat> um, Ned, I know you've been involved, uh, uh, I know from myself being another, uh, involved in other not-for-profit efforts how important sponsors are. Uh, can you tell us about this year's Berkey sponsors? We have um you know, many of the sponsors that have been supporting the event for a long time um, here again, Subaru is here, Johnson Bank, 
Swiss Miss, Solomon, Tretel, um, Chectel, the, you know, the list goes on and on, as well as all of the ski-related companies. Without those people, it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to hold this race because they, the fees that they contribute, the merchandise, you know, that makes up almost a quarter of our budget. Um, we have some new sponsors. We have um, Becker Law Office, who's who's moved up from being a um, sort of an entry-level sponsor to being presenting sponsor of the Berkey Ski Race this year. We have a brand new clinic that's located over in Woodruff. It's called the Premier Physical Medicine or Wellness Clinic, and it's it's owned by two really good skiers who are longtime supporters of the event, uh, Jim and, and Diane Mullen. And, you know, having those people step up to help support the event makes it possible, and um, we just greatly appreciate it. That's good. Were, were you concerned at all with the economy, uh, you know, about sponsors or I, I guess any other part of the race uh, with just the general economy? Well, the economy has has made it more and more difficult to to get new sponsors and even to retain uh, some of the existing sponsors. You know, they're tightening they're tightening back. Um, it's going to be a real challenge for us this coming year. I think, you know, I was also worried that the economy was going to prevent skiers from getting here, but I do think that that the Berkey is a major piece of many people's lives. You know, like I said before, it it helped always get me out the door to stay active. It was part of my life, and I think, you know, we use a little phrase, live the Berkey, which basically means, you know, live the lifestyle that allows you to be part of the Berkey, stay active, stay fit. Those are, are very important things. I think a lot of people, even though the economy is much tougher than it was in past years, the Berkey is one of those things that would be the last to be given up. It's it's something that, um, it you know, it moves people. They want to be part of it. They want to continue to be part of it. That's why we have, you know, folks like yourselves who we've got almost now a 1,000 skiers that are Birchlagers have skied 20 or more. We've got uh, almost 100 that have skied 30 or more. I mean, this is a, a big part of many people's lives. Yes, Ned, I would agree. I think it's... Um it's a really a great return on the investment, whatever the costs of the entry fee and the travel <clears throat> and staying down there. It's the, the, uh, the afterglow and the motivation to get ready for next year's race uh, are really uh, almost invaluable. I agree. Um, please talk about your staff. How many full and part-time, and then how many volunteers does it take to put on the Berkey? We have, um, there are three of us who are full-time staff here at the Berkey. We have another uh, person who is half-time as well as our half-time trail chief. And then we have, you know, several part-time and seasonal staff that work here. There's probably a total of um, of 10 or 12 employees that are here at least, at least part-time. Um, we have 50 race chiefs. They're almost like foremen for our various volunteer groups, you know, whether it's a food station or the finish line or um, uh, awards, just as an example. But what really makes the event happen, too, are the 2,000 volunteers that it takes to hold this event. You know, we, when you think about the, the population of Hayward and Cable being less than that, it's pretty amazing that we're able to pull that many people. But I, I've 
heard of people who come back almost like a family reunion. Uh, and one of the reasons they come back this weekend is to be part of the Berkey and to help with it. It's a very important event to the community. It brings in, you know, a lot of people to the area and subsequently that economic benefit that, um, that the area relies on, you know, it helps us get through the winter. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. That's, you know, again, when us coming back and you know, we write about it on our website and the restaurants and how friendly everybody is there, but what a wonderful coordination effort that is to pull that many people together to do the race. Um, what do you like best about your job as executive director of the American Birkebinder Ski Foundation? Boy, there's so many things. I, I mean, the people that I work with here are, are great. Uh, I think we make a really good team. Um, being able to be out on the trail and helping with the work that's out there and just, just having a chance to be out there on almost a daily basis is is uh, really fun. I've had a chance because of the job here to uh, to travel internationally, to go to some of the other World Loppet events to see them and to experience them and, and to be honest, to steal some ideas from them. Um, that makes it good. Building this trail over the last three years was, uh, was an experience that, that, um, was just invaluable and, and very, while it was hard work, it was very pleasurable. What, was there anything specific, um, about the other world lop events that, um, you brought back? Uh, you know, the idea of having the untimed race two years ago was something that Sweden has done. Um, this year I'm going to be looking at the start line set up at the Norwegian Berkey, which is something that we might might make some adaptations just to make our whole, um, you know, our whole start process go a little bit smoother. There are some things here already that are unique to the Berkey, like our having the classic and the skate race simultaneously uh, you know, first on separate courses and then coming together. That's something that really isn't done anywhere else. So it, you know, I think that's, it's something that we've been able to, I with the, with, um, my counterparts from some of the other races that we've been able to share ideas and hopefully we all benefit from it. That's great. Yeah. I especially like the, the year with the untimed. That was my 20th year and I want, wanted so desperately for that race to, to come off. So I'm glad that worked. Um, finally, uh, Ned, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? I, I guess uh, the only other thing I would say is, you know, right. We always worry about uh, the weather conditions, trail conditions, everything else coming together. This is a, this is a big puzzle to put together, but it is, it has come together. The trail is great. Uh, if there's anybody out there that's been sort of sitting on the fence, you know, should I go, should I not go? I, I'd certainly say if you come up here, you're going to have great conditions. You're going to have a great race. Uh, if you're not a skier, you should just come up here and see this thing because uh, I know starting at standing at the start line, even though I'm not on the starting line anymore, um, I'm right there, and it's just a a really fun, exciting event to see, seeing all the colors. This year we've got a couple of um, little fun things that are going on too. We have ski joring, that's skiing with dogs on Main Street on mm-hmm. on Friday. You know, people will get get pulled along by their dogs. Um, the other thing we're doing is on on race day, we are having a demo sit ski event, and this is for disabled skiers. We have six disabled skiers who are coming to use sit skis, which are 
for lack of a better description, it's like having a low-slung wheelchair on skis, and they're going to be, um, you know, overcoming the additional obstacles they have to face to finish on Main Street and be part of the American Birkebeiner. That is wonderful. Well, Ned, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, we know you have a lot you are doing, especially during Berkey Week. Uh, we can't wait to get to the Cable and Hayward area tomorrow as we are uh, coming over from North American Baza here in Traverse City. Um, take care and the best of luck with the races. Thanks very much. We look forward to seeing you and all the other skiers and friends up here. You bet. Thank you for downloading Episode 4 of Berkey Web today, and I do hope that you will subscribe to our podcast so that you will not miss future episodes. If this is the first episode you are listening to, our past episodes are available on the Berkey Web website. We have a lot of interesting news and interviews that we have planned before, during, and after the Berkey, so please come back. Also, leave your feedback by writing to webmaster at berkeyweb.com. Take care and thanks, Snow. It's Berkey Week!